listen from your smartphone? Download the iTunes podcast in the App Store or on the TuneIn Radio mobile app. Search Dave and Dave Handball Radio Sportscast and share. WPH Live Internet Radio. They talk sports. They talk handball. Tell a friend. Tune in radio and now iTunes. The Dave and Dave Sports Radio cast is live now. We are back with episode number 23. It's the Dave and Dave Handball Sports Radio cast with yours truly, Dave Vincent, alongside Dave Fink over here as we're going to talk about Salt Lake City and the Big Players Championship May 17th through the 19th coming up right around the corner as we find out who will be the winner of the race for eight. Before we do that, though, the headlines. I try and spend a little time on my knees every day. (laughs) We got to settle down. This is getting inappropriate, and I apologize. There's a man who's married to four women at the same time. He just pleaded guilty Monday to bigamy in New Hampshire, but he will avoid jail time if he behaves for the next five years, the judge says. He actually turned himself in just for the peace and quiet. Hong Kong airport baggage handlers are caught red-handed throwing luggage around as a video now has gone viral. The bags were being unloaded from a Cathway Pacific's airline flight in Hong Kong. And you can tell that Cathway was involved because the bags were supposed to be thrown in Osaka. (laughs) Jason Cyber of Connecticut was found not guilty of distractive driving after a traffic police officer confused his hash brown patty for a cell phone. For now, this is a victory for Stiber. However, the hash brown's cholesterol is the real silent winner. And finally, Chinese video game entrepreneur gives wife $1.1 billion in a landmark divorce settlement after she caught him cheating on her. Out of muscle memory, he placed the check on the dresser as he walked out the room. (laughs) Here's the real news. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. We said we would meet in three weeks and he would present to us some of his ideas on funding. So this was a very, very good start, and we'll see, we hope it will go to a constructive conclusion. Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer saying that Democrats and President Trump have agreed on a price tag for infrastructure investment. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi says it was a productive meeting with the president this morning, and she's excited about the conversation. Building infrastructure of America has never been a partisan issue, and we hope to go forward in a very nonpartisan way. The two sides meeting again in three weeks. Also at SRNews.com, President Trump wants to immediately revoke work permits when people are denied asylum and are ordered to remove from the United States. The president told the attorney general and his acting Homeland Security secretary to take additional measures to overhaul the asylum system, which he says is in crisis. Consumer confidence rebounding this month. The conference board's closely watched consumer confidence index rose to 129.2. That's a full five points up from the previous reading on Wall Street. The Dow is now up 19 points. This is SRN News. It's the Dave and Dave Handball Radio Sportscast on WPH Live TV, iTunes, and TuneIn Radio. Episode number 23 continues. Dave and Dave, Handball Sports Radio Cast here on what I call a Tuesday. Now, you could call this anything you want, Dave, but it's Tuesday to me. Don't be nasty about it. That's just how I'm <laughs> I don't know do. how to take that. I, I, don't, I don't know either. The NYAC light tournament, the race light that we had just, you know, a couple weeks back. Right. Paul Brady was there. Well, he was there and he was as good, if not better than ever. Absolutely amazing. I couldn't believe it when you I didn't, saw it. You didn't even know this, Dave. We talked about this the other day. Paul Brady is going to be 40 years old this year. 
You thought he was a couple years older than McCarthy. Yeah. Paul and I are teaming up at Lowe's Cab in the 40s. Doubles. I, I just can't believe it. The guy is incredible. Never seen anything like it. Never competed against anyone at that level of, of athleticism. It's well, unbelievable. The way he can move, his balance, his power, his shots, his conditioning, everything. Let's talk about that power. Uh, just from a standpoint of a spectator watching in, he hit a ball with you about three feet off the right wall, and you put your hand down, and the ball was, you know, half a second already passed. It yeah. was like, you. there's no way you can have reflexes to, to get that ball back. It was the hardest ball I've ever seen hit. And he looks incredibly healthy right now. His legs are huge. The Paul Brady we saw at the World Championships was nothing close to what we saw in New York. Paul Brady was firing on all cylinders, and it seemed like in each match, he kind of worked his way into the match. The first game, he lost the first game against me, but he just has that ability to just turn it up just enough to where you're not even in contention. You're not even in playing the same sport as him by the time the second game starts. He almost gave Robbie McCarthy a donut in that third game, he, his second game. He was up 13 to zero in that well, second game. It. He, he was it. going for it. Yeah. And, but let me step back a little bit because when you were on the court with Paul, you played amazing. That was absolutely the best I've ever seen you play. Thank that you. first game win, I think it was like 16, 14, 15, 13, something like that. Mm -hmm. That was awesome. You guys put everything out there, and it looked like you were better than Paul Brady at that at that point. Well, maybe he went for into, about 15 minutes. Well, you went into game two and game three and flipped a switch, and yeah. it was like, oh, well, this is Paul Brady. Couldn't do anything. And no one could do anything. I mean, he matched up against Danos Cordova, who's got two titles this season. And Paul made a few errors in the beginning of that first game, and Danos ended up getting nine, but you never felt like he was in it. Three in the second game for Danos Cordova. One in the second game for Robbie McCarthy. Yeah. It was really amazing watching him play. I mean, it's great to see because after watching Paul in the World Championship, she thought maybe Paul has slipped a little bit, but I think it was really just injuries because he's back. I don't see how anyone can beat what he's doing right now. It was, it was amazing. I think the only thing that could hold him back is that he needs to just get more court time in pressure situation. Well, he is in Salt Lake City. Yeah, that's So true. that's more court time. That's four more matches oh, right so there. So that's the announcement then. Paul Brady is playing in the qualifier in Salt Lake City, and that's going to disrupt a lot of things when it comes down to the final race rankings. I mean, he could just scoop right in. And he could. He could. Well, he could land in the top eight for sure with a win. He would need a win, and he would push either Emmett or Marcos out of the top eight with he a win. Be, I I. I predict that he could even be as high as six. I no no I don't know. He can't get to six because okay. Vic Perez already has twenty two points. Paul can only get to fifteen at the most. Okay. All right. So he could get to number seven at the best. I would say number eight more likely. He would need some help from Emmett and Marcos. But Dave, the K train loses to Robbie McCarthy. Any cause any cause for concern from you for the K train? No. Okay. None at all. No, I think K-Train is setting himself up for the Nationals and also peaking at the right time with the uh, Salt Lake City event. No, I, th I think he's still the number one player on the planet. Okay. I was really looking forward to a K-Train versus Paul Brady finals matchup. It, we didn't get it. But Robbie McCarthy looked really good in that semifinal. I was impressed, man. I mean, he, he looked did, great. so skilled, Robbie McCarthy. The last I mean, two times we've seen him, from the Worlds to now, yeah, he's amazing. I mean, he, this guy should be touring right now on the Pro Tour. This He's... He's stealth. I don't know how many people in the history of handball would be able to beat a Robbie McCarthy. This guy's good. I'm amazed at how consistently he can end rallies with these amazing dump shots, taking something off the ball with both hands and just sort of dies the ball in the corners. And of course, he's just got this amazing power. I'm watching this next to our good friend, Arthur Syed, the finals between 
McCarthy and Brady and Arthur was saying, there's no difference in how hard these guys are hitting the ball. They're, it's equal. So that tells you Robbie McCarthy's crushing the ball. And his serves are ridiculous. I know you watched him practice his serve consistently hitting double bouncers that never came yeah. close to coming off the back wall. You know how hard that is to do with yeah. a ball that's already crazy fast? Right. I mean, if you just make one little one little mistake on how you twist the ball with your natural or your reverse, you're overhitting it, you're shanking it, this ball will come off the back wall. Instead, he's double bouncing multiple times. I, I don't see a lot of people doing that. I mean, Stephen Cooney was diving to get to those serves. Yeah. And then the same serves, Paul Brady was just waiting for them. Yeah, one step. And blasting them. Yeah. Paul has this really long right arm and I, I know that you served to his left as well but Robbie was getting those aces down the right yeah. and he was having his opponents diving for those on the serves Paul takes one step yeah. that huge long arm and he whips it like a high lie front wall side wall guess what Robbie's standing on the back wall waiting for it Paul's up in the red carpet trying to attack the next shot it's well, just Paul's so good return of serve is incredible he'll hit the return harder than you hit your serve yeah. and push you out of the front and put you in this crazy awkward position where you can't really do anything with the ball well, you Except know, play defense. Paul's able to hit these two-wall passes in positions that no other human could do it. Yeah. You know, remember how good his left-handed two-wall pass was from deep court, maybe 35 to yeah. the 30-foot mark? It's hard to hit a two-wall pass from there with your opponent uh, that's quick, like a Sean Lennon, somebody that can just take a step and nab the ball. Paul's able to do it, and he can do it from awkward positions when you don't think he even has enough power to do it. That was Paul's 15th race freight win in 18 starts. That's the record for men. Katrina Casey with the record on the overall with 17. That was Paul's fifth title at the NYC. He's never lost it. Yeah. Well, he's a stud. Let's talk about Juarez okay, last let's, weekend. Let's dip right into segment number three. Great field there. Luis Cordova is the defending champion. Danos Cordova's there. Sean Lenning is there. Leo Canales Jr. and Sr. are there. Drip Fernandez. The top four seeds cruised, Dave, to the semifinals. They played the whole tournament essentially on one day. They played the quarterfinals, the semifinals, and finals <laughs> within six hours of one another. So that's a true Ironman test right there. Luis Cordova prevails, beat Leo Canales Jr., who he's been playing consistently locally there in Juarez, El Paso. And then he matches up against Danos in the final. Danos overcame Sean Lenning after losing the first game, narrowly escaping the second game, 21-17. Then he dominates the tiebreaker. And Lucho beats Danos 21-1 in the first game of the final. 21-1. I kept looking at that, and I had to text, is this a misprint? How can that happen? How can it One. happen? Is there any video on this? Not that I've seen. Uh, it sounds to me that that Lenning match took a lot out of Danny. But then Danny comes back and wins the second game, 21-20. Yeah, well yeah, I don't know. I think sometimes it just gets away from you, and in the back of your mind, it's like, I don't want to climb this mountain. 11-1 for Lucho on the tiebreaker. He repeats, defends that Juarez title. You know, he is the legend in Juarez. I credit Luis Cordova with this new wave of great Juarez talent because yeah. he came up and he inspired a lot of people. And, of course, Danny's done the same. Before Lucho, it was Nadia Alvarado Sr. who kind of got the ball rolling. Right. So Lucho is, I would say, the guy now that I know he's tied with Danny in the rankings. Yeah, but no, he's yeah, he's a lot definitely. Of I think anytime one of those guys wins, they're now the one in in charge. Right. But I, you know, Lucho has definitely inspired the next generation there, including his brother. Right. So can't like overlook that aspect to it. It's actually he's what has driven Danny to be so successful. Interesting rivalry between those two, Lucho and Danos. They've split this season on the race. Lucho didn't even look like he was in the match against Danny in Tucson in that semifinal match. But before that, Lucho had defeated Danny. 
this season. So uh, clearly, it's a anybody's match right. when those two play. Lucho, I think, leads five to three on the tour overall, head to head. But he did win four of the first five. So since then, it's been very close. In Ireland, Dave, it was the All Ireland 40 by 20 doubles finals. Dermot Nash and Colin Freehan take out Team Mulkerns in two. Team Mulkerns survived the Funchen brothers, the Bash brothers, 21-20 in the third a few weeks ago, overcame about eight match points to win that one. They came up short in the final. It was Katrina Casey now with the All-Ireland 40 by 20 slam. She teamed with Ashling O'Keefe to defeat the Fiona, the Tully sisters. Oh, okay. In two, Katrina said it wasn't really great, inspiring play, but a great win for yeah. us. We'll see Katrina in Salt Lake City. We'll be talking about her. She'll be going for her 18th yeah. women's race. Fiona Tolley will be there as well as Martin Mulcahy. Fiona really impressed me in Salt Lake City. I'm looking forward to talking to her, but I think we're going to take a, yeah, a break. We're here, definitely right? going to. Okay. But you know, before we do that, actually, we should do this going into the break. Okay. You know, Amazon has that device that you can talk to and she talks back. But if I say the name out loud, she's actually going to hear it and oh, she's going to okay. start talking. Yeah. So I want you to say her name. And then ask what the flash briefing is. So play me my flash briefing, but say her name first. Can you do that? Play me my flash briefing. From WPH Live TV, here is some handball news. Here are your headlines from WPH Live TV. The Salt Lake City Players Championship is set for May 17th at the Sports Mall in the land of Zion. The event will be televised on ESPN and anyone can play as long as you get your name in before the deadline. Go to WPHlive.tv for further details. Paul Brady and Martina McMahon have entered the Salt Lake City Aces WPH Players Championship. This place is two of the very best players in the world in the draw to accompany number ones Killian Carroll and Katrina Casey. Salt Lake City is going to be absolutely amazing. The Fred Lewis Foundation's Armed Forces Salute to the Troops Tournament will be in Tucson, Arizona once again this year. Mark your calendars for May 24th through the 26th. They will have every division necessary. Singles, doubles, age division, and even pros. Big names like Killian Carroll, Sean Lenning, and Dave Fink have already committed to playing. A weekend later, the WPH Hood River Invitational gig will kick off in God's Country May 31st through the 2nd of June. You can gather more information by looking at the events section on WPHlive.tv, just go to the calendar on the bottom right-hand side of the page. The WPH calendar scrubs social media, USHA, R2 Sports, and other handball calendars and condenses all of them into one place. You can find it right there on the homepage of WPHlive.tv. You can even upload your own event, they say. For more news and information, don't forget to check out the homepage of the United States Handball Association, get on their social media and their newsletters. Meanwhile, you can gather even more at WPHlive.tv. For WPHlive.tv News, I'm Dave Vincent. Back to the Dave and Dave Handball Radio Sportscast on WPH Live TV, TuneIn Radio, and now iTunes. The Dave and Dave Handball Sports Radio Cast is live on TuneIn Radio, iTunes, now Patreon. My name is Dave Vincent. We have Dave Fink over here to my immediate right. This is episode number 23, but segment number four, where we talk about the rankings on the professional tour. Killian Carroll, still number one. He's got two wins this season, four finals this season. He's been number one, Dave, since he took over that ranking in 2017. 
He was tied for number one with Sean Lenning after one of the stops this year, but now he's broken away despite losing the semifinals there in New York, retains that number one ranking, just as Sean Lenning has maintained that number two position that he started the season with. Danos Cordova started the season number four, now sits at number three. Lucho, one of the biggest movers on the season, started number six, now sits at number three. Now, should this be part of the fun facts or part of the the trends and the stats that you have, how long somebody stayed at number one when it comes to the exact months? We do have that. Oh, okay. I don't know if I remember seeing that one. It's it's on there. Killian's close to having that record. I know Paul probably held it for a while. I would say Killian right now is at about 24 months. I don't know. Luis Moreno before Brady? I would have to look at the fun facts. I didn't... I don't have that in front of me right now. You know how but long that close. document is. I would have to say yes. If you're just talking about the men now, for the women, it's Katrina Casey since day one. So Katrina at six she years. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. She's definitely been the longest. I mean, you don't have to look it up now because you already know that Killian's listening to this. So he's yelling at his. Yeah, he's not happy right now. He's yelling at his iPod. <laughs> I am going to find that, though, because I just have to go through about 98 pages of fun facts, and I'll get to it. Lucho Cordova, as we said, sits at number three. I started the season at number five, still at number five. Vic Perez starting the season at number eight. He's now number six. Vic and I have pretty much locked up the five and six for the season. There's nothing that could happen aside from possibly Emmett or Marcos winning Salt Lake City that would disrupt that. Marco Chavez, after New York, despite not playing in New York, moves up to number seven <laughs> because Emmett lost those points from last year's right. New York and also Salt Lake City. So Marco's now at his highest ever ranking. That's amazing. Number Num- seven. Incredible. 45 years old. Emmett Pichot now at number eight. He started the season at number seven. Really kind of been up and down the last couple of years. Emmett, he's had some great highs. You remember he had to qualify in Houston last year and went all the way to the semifinals, took out Mondo Ortiz and uh-huh. and Danny Cordova before losing to Killian. Then he went to the semis again in the next stop in New York and since then has not sort of found that recipe. Is Mondo Ortiz's jump from the beginning of the season where he was ranked number three and yeah. then fall, he's fallen off the top eight, now he's number nine. Yeah, that's the... Is that the biggest jump so far? Although, if Paul Brady qualifies right. in Salt Lake, that will be the biggest jump. I right, because Paul Brady... Well, Paul Brady wins in Salt Lake. He's going to move up to number, most likely, eight. So unranked to eight. Right. And maybe two stops. Yeah. Kind of one and a half stops. That's pretty impressive stuff. On the women's tour, Dave, you mentioned Katrina Casey has always been number one since winning that inaugural women's race freight stop at the U.S. Open 2013. And she's either won or been in the finals of all 19 events. She's played in all 19 events. That's a record. She's won 17 of 19. Now, Sianna Nishireen, Dave, you're talking about big jumpers like Paul Brady. She had no ranking to start the season. Now back-to-back finals in two events this season. She's number two. Tracy Davis started the season at number two. She's now the highest-ranked American at number three. three. No American has ever won a women's race for eight. Stop. But they've been in a lot of finals. I would say yes. A good amount of finals. And by American, Jessica Gulley's North American is part of my okay, stat okay. on that. Now, I did find this stat. I know that we're circling back here a little bit, but longest tenure 
at number one. Paul Brady, two years, zero months. Killian Carroll, 2017 to current. So he took over that number one ranking in New York. That was April of 2017. That is 24 months. So he's now tied Paul Brady. So I think just by getting into May, he'll have the record. Although Luis Moreno, two years, three months. Oh, wow. So Luis holds it. But that was not consecutive because Luis had it for one year and 10 months, and then he added another three months in 2017. So I don't know. Are you counting consecutive or most months Consecutive. Ranked? Not most months ranked, just consecutive months at number okay, one. Okay, and Carroll is going to break that record in May then. Yeah. Okay. It's another record for the K train. Fiona Tully, no ranking coming into San Francisco. She takes third there. She's up to number four on the tour. That's yeah. a big jump. Well, she's very impressive. I know that she isn't happy with the result from you know some of some of the matches or some of her play there in San Francisco, but I was. Well, I thought she was awesome. I thought she was great. She very well could have been unranked leaving San Francisco. She won 15-13 in the third game tiebreaker against Danielle Daskalakis. Well, that was an amazing match. Yeah. And that one goes Fiona's way. If it doesn't, she's not even ranked right now. Ashley Moeller drops from number three to number six after San Francisco. The senior race freight rankings, Dave, pretty much the same as how the season started. Yeah, not Uh, a lot of movement there. No. Talk a little bit about the stats. Yeah, let's move into segment number five here. And there are stats, and I know you you give them out throughout the radio show because that's kind of what you do. But there's some pretty cool ones here as we head into Salt Lake City. Danny Cordova has won the most points in any tournament this year. That was 156. Now, there were five rounds there. So he was able to... That, that was, must have been Portland, right? Because yeah, that was Portland. Killian got a bye, I believe, in that first round. That allowed Killian to be one less match. No, no, Killian, no, Killian lost early. That's why. No, he lost in the finals there. Okay. But what's interesting is Killian Carroll won the highest percentage of points of any player this season in Portland, but yet he lost in the finals. You remember he won 15 to 0 0 first round, <laughs> yeah. 2 and 0 second round, 3 and 3 third round, 3 and 3 in the semis, and then he loses 6 and 6. Yeah. So that was... That's going to be of all time, by the way. I don't see how that could I, be beat. That don't, how could it be beat? Well, I think Paul Brady. I mean, he's won three Katrina, and three every maybe. round. Well, Ka- Katrina won 90 to 7 one time in San Francisco. Yeah. That's 93%-ish. Yeah. So it's already been beat. I'm yeah. just going to stand over here in the corner with my tail right here between <laughs> the legs. You just do the rest of the show. Each member of the... Race Freight Men's Pro has lost the game this season, having scored just two, between two and six points. So everyone's experienced a blowout loss yeah. in at least one game this season. I mean, just happens. Killing Carroll scored just six and six in the finals of Portland. Shocking. Yeah, that was. I, I don't get it, but, you know, it happens. We've all been in the court where we just couldn't score, and then you start overthinking. Danny Cordova and myself are the only players who have played in every stop this season. Eight. But you could say that about the whole career as well. I mean, you, both you guys haven't missed much. You well, probably Dan- lead all time on, on race stops, and Sean Lenning maybe second. That's that's right. I have 54, Sean Lenning with 53. Yeah, that's what I mean. I mean, Sean Lenning, I only missed one stop this coming into this season, but he skipped two of the LTEs this season, so that... Now he's missed three total stops out of 56. Most winning players in the history of the race for eight. I'm talking about titles. Katrina Casey, 17. Paul Brady, 15. 
Killian Carroll, 12. Luis Moreno has to be after that, right? Number 10, yes. Emmett Pichot, and he'll be upset with me for announcing this, but it's written here. I mean, what am I going to do? No, I mean, you can't. It's not your fault. I, I just, you know, lowest percentage of points won this season at 49%. So he's Tommy little this. Well, Tommy Little, unfortunately for Tommy, never won a match on the race. Oh. So. But that loss in San Francisco to Shorty Ruiz did not help Emmett in his percentages. Now, you think about Emmett. He lost a close tiebreaker to Marco Chavez in Portland, a very close tiebreaker to Luis Cordova in Montana that would have put him in the semis, and then had match point 14 to 10 against Shorty and lost that too. So very much like Mondo, who Mondo has had these match points and lost them this season. It's a different season. It's a totally different rankings if Mondo or Emmett had won one or more of those tiebreakers. Yeah. And they both had match points and lost a couple times this season. But couldn't you say that about a couple other players as well? Uh, Shorty Ruiz could have maybe had a couple more ranking points had he closed out a few tiebreakers. I, I guess. Yeah, I guess you could say that. But I think amongst the top eight, you're talking about these guys that have kind of slipped from their yeah. positions we've seen, and that's the reason. Mondo, I mean, you could say that Mondo also had some issues there because look at Eric Torres taking down Mondo. Right. If he wins that, yeah. things could have been different. Uh, Mondo again losing. Mondo losing to Leo Canales with match points yeah, in that, Tucson. So, again, that Mondo could be sitting at five or six here. I think so. Really easy. I mean, I think two or three shots different, he could easily be at number six or five. He He's not going to be in Salt Lake City for the Players' Championship. No. And it's something like, the, you know, we're talking about if he had three total shots back yeah. this whole season, he could be maybe ranked number four or five. Maybe not four, but five or six. I can remember watching Mondo against Canales in Tucson. And you saying nobody hits these kills lower than Mondo. He gets his favorite shot at match point in the third game and hits it in the ground with his right hand off the back wall. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, and then Leo true. Canales hit himself with the ball on his match point and still came back and won. That's crazy. I, th- I think what we should do is save the best for the last couple segments. Segment okay. number six is coming up right around the corner. This is episode number 23, the Dave and Dave Handball Sports Radio Cast here on iTunes, TuneIn Radio, now Patreon. Oh my gosh, Patreon so awesome. I we'll love talk, it. We're going to talk about it right around the corner. Stick around. Shh, sir, there's a live show going on. Thank you so I'm much. I'm from New Jersey. When you're from New Jersey, you have to have a great sense of humor because we have the fattest governor in captivity. <laughs> have you seen Governor Krispy Kremes? Everywhere I go, people are like, you think Chris Christie's gonna run for president? I don't think he can walk for president. (laughs) How do you fit a round president in an Oval Office? (laughs) I did a show once and Chris Christie was in the front row. I said I'd be remiss if I didn't first address the elephant in the room. Which, if you follow American politics, you know that's a fat joke and a Republican joke. Hang up and drive, but make sure to keep us on Bluetooth. God, no, these guys are horrible. The Dave and Dave Sports Radio Cast is live on TuneIn Radio and now iTunes. We are back for episode number 23 of the Dave and Dave Handball Sports Radio Cast on a Tuesday, where the episodes are flying off the shelves here this afternoon. Let's talk about... The qualifiers in Salt Lake City. Well, I've got to shuffle through my notes here, Dave, prepared, but didn't know that the gunner had entered until about five minutes ago. 
Now, Jonathan Iglesias will be the top seed in the qualifier. He's got seven ranking points. Shorty Ruiz will be number two in the qualifier. Now, if Paul Brady qualifies, which I think we assume he will, mm -hmm. he will then take over the number three spot in the qualifier going into the main draw because he'll have those five points from New York right. that he won. So that really changes everything. I mean, I go back. Everything I did yesterday has now been erased. I'll have to start all over. But the way the the draw works in Salt Lake City is the number one ranked qualifier, who's Iglesias, will play the number eight ranked pro, who's Emmett Pichot. Right. And then you just go down the list that way. Shorty Ruiz will play Marco Chavez. Now, this is assuming they qualify. Paul Brady would then be playing Vic Perez. Okay. And then you've got Leo Canales Jr. and Peter Function. Now, they're tied at 3.5 points. So, assuming they both qualify, they'll do a coin flip, which you'll administer. And there's been no head-to-heads between those two throughout the season. No. We have no. to look into that. But, okay. yeah, we'll, we can do a coin flip. And then that'll determine whether they play either Lucho or myself. Then you've got Abraham Montijo, who would go into Danny Cordova should he win. Then you've got a couple of interesting matchups. Lauren Collado against Stephen Cooney. And then you've got Martin Mulkerns, who's making the trip, taking on Max Langmack. So now, depending on who wins those matches, we'll have to see where the rankings fall at that point, based on where they would go into the main draw. But let's talk about Martin Mulkerns, yeah. Dave. And for some reason... He can't win on the tour. But well, he, do, he doesn't get player. good draws. Right. That's that's one thing. That's been a problem. For but him. you have to play consistently to get the better draws. Right. I mean, you're not going to show up and play. You know, I mean, Martin drew Dave Chapman one time in the qualifier. And lost. But then he got Sean Lenning this year and played. But he also had Emma Pichot, played me one time. So I guess you could say he's played. He's had some good chances. Yeah, he's had chances. It just. It's not like one he's thing played or another. It's been... Paul Brady in the first round. Every time he's come over, he's just. Yeah, he hasn't had the success that you would think. Yeah, I and I, you can't say he wasn't prepared because you just don't make the trip over here and not be. Right. I'm telling you, the guy is top three player in the world. He just doesn't do well at these events, and hopefully he can get that monkey off his back in Salt Lake City. I'm wanting them to. I'm a fan of Martin Mulkerns. Off the court, on the court. Well, Amazing player. If there's no upsets, it looks like he'll be playing either Killian or Sean Lenning in the first round if there's no upsets. Unbelievable. I mean, he and Sean Lenning are two and two lifetime against each other, though, even though right. Sean Lenning beat him pretty badly in Atlanta. You know, these 15-point formats are, are interesting. And he's come in and has been attacked by Sean Lenning. Yeah. It's like what Sean does. So if he ends up playing Sean again, expect that same sort of behavior that he saw in Atlanta early in the season. But it's interesting because you think, well, what's the difference, 15 and 21? But when you add it up, it's like you're playing a another game when you're playing to 21 because you're adding you're playing another 15 point game when you play to 21 because that's six more points per game that you have to win well it's more of a marathon than it is the sprint especially yeah. if you watch Sean Lenning play and he goes out there and tries to put nine straight points on you in 20 you know in, in two minutes and 20 seconds right which is what he did to Martin in Atlanta yeah, he really played amazing we've seen Sean play some incredible ball this season where he just would could not be stopped did it in Tucson against Killian Carroll. Yeah. I mean, who could have stopped that? That's what I'm saying. I mean, the guy's amazing. Yeah. So, which Sean Lenny shows up if Martin goes into him? And that's the thing. Well, let's talk about the main draw in Salt Lake City. Okay.
Killian Carroll comes in, of course, the number one seed, the three-time defending players champion, two titles in his six starts this season. So I know that you've named him as the favorite. How could you not? You know, he's he's been very successful in Salt Lake City. He did lose to Vic Perez there a few years ago. That was before he took over the number one ranking in 2015. But since then, he's been... Seems like he really sets his sights on the Players' Championship. Well, no it, one had ever won the Players' Championship twice. Now he's won it three times in a row. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I know you're probably going to downplay this, but it Salt Lake works well for Killian. He's younger, so that side glass wall, it, it, it doesn't do tricks on him as much as it does other, the other players. Yeah, there's some hand errors in some of his games, but he's younger, so he can kind of handle that stuff. Also, the altitude, which I know you hate when I bring this up, but no, I don't, I don't when like you're a altitude. guy like Killian, when you're diving around and you're getting up and jogging back to wherever you're jogging back to, which is intimidating to begin with, and everybody else is huffing and puffing, I mean, that plays a huge role. This, this is where Killian shines. We mentioned Sean Lenning. He won the Players' Championship in Salt Lake City in 2015 on his 30th birthday. That was a great event there. He's got family in Salt Lake City. I think he likes being there. Yeah. I would expect to see Sean play well there. Vic Perez made his first final this season. He was in the top five for a short period of time. Now he's number six. Looks like he'll be playing Paul Brady in the first round. Marcos Chavez breaking records. 45 years old, ranked number seven. The Flying Cordovas, Dave. I mean, they've announced themselves not just as fan favorites, but they're a force on Sundays this season. I mean, these are guys that are not just, you know, flying around and making close matches. Between them, they beat everyone in the top eight this season. In fact, they both separately have beat everyone in the top eight this season. Yeah, that's incredible. They both beat Sean. They both beat Killian. They beat everyone. They beat each other. <laughs> yeah. So uh, when you can say after the season's over, I beat everyone in the top eight, that's pretty much what more can you do? No. You've taken down the best. This is a great season for both players. You would say to Luis, what was your best season on tour? He'd say this year. Well, you yeah. say to Dan Danny, what's your best season? Clearly. He'd say this year. Yeah. And I'm, it seems like every tournament, the, the one that's ranked fourth jumps up to number three. Right. And then vice versa at the next tournament. You know, they said, oh, it's great being in the top four because in the you know, in the quarterfinals, you know, we don't have to play killing. But really, you're still having to play very good players in that quarterfinals. A lot of times, you're playing the same people you would have played if you were ranked sixth. I mean, I've played them. Yeah. Each. So if I was ranked fourth, I'd still be playing them. Absolutely. So it's very difficult. Both of them have made the semifinals or better in every stop they've played this season. Very impressive. Emmett Pichot, two first-round losses this season. That's the most of anyone besides Marco Chavez in that first round for the Elite Eight. But, you know, he'll come in. He needs that win against Iglesias. And those two have had some amazing yeah, matches. This, I, I'm circling this one. Well, that's going to be... That's a huge match for both guys. Iglesias kind of knocking on the door to the top eight if he wins that match. Emmett has kind of got a foot out of the door of the top eight if he doesn't win that match. Yeah. Particularly with Paul Brady playing. Yeah. So that's one that Emmett needs. Well, it's one that John Iglesias needs. Right, and those two have played very good matches in the past. I expect fireworks, but we're getting a little ahead of ourselves because John still needs to qualify, oh. and this qualifier is stacked. I don't know how stacked it is if you go all the way down to the 16 seed. Maybe not, but anything can happen. He's coming off an injury. Right. Uh, you never know. I'm impressed with his play, but can he bring it on Friday morning? 
Let's talk about the women's race freight. Katrina Casey, of course, going for her 18th women's race freight title in 20 starts. And it looked like that was as much of a lock as it could be until that late entry that we saw over the weekend. The world champion, Martine McMahon, has entered. Yeah. And I don't want to just book that Sunday morning matchup because Sienna's going to have a lot to say about that. Sienna's the women's race freight number two. I would love to see Sienna match up against Martina. I think that's what's going to happen. That would off be the rankings, but. an outstanding matchup to watch. That one is circled on my scorecard should it happen. That's going to be... I mean, Sienna showed me a lot in taking down Ashton Riley because that's a hard match to win. You know, you're playing somebody that's got this amazing reputation, a great game, and Sienna was cool and calm, collected in there, and took out Ashley in two games, pretty convincingly, 11 and 11. And there's a real influx of young talent making its way across the Atlantic from Ireland. Megan McCann, yep. Fiona Tully, these two, they've got a lot of game. Nope, they're good. Uh, very nice, good uh, off-the-court handball players. Aoife McCarthy also coming over. This yeah, will see, be that's her, another one. This will be Aoife's first start since Las Vegas 14 or 15 months ago. She's always a threat. Uh-huh. Always plays good ball. And then you've got the Americans, Tracy Davis and Ashley Moeller, looking to make that breakthrough. And there could still be more. Right. So it's going to be good. Now, I'm actually looking forward to this. This is going to be one of those that you, like you said, you have some matches potentially circled. It, the first matchup, Martina and Siana, mm-hmm. that's a big one. And then whoever wins that, that's a big one. Right. So you've got a couple back-to-back. And then whomever Aoife McCarthy is playing, let's say it's Aoife versus Fiona mm-hmm. or Megan. Right. That's going to be another great match. Or even Aoife versus Tracy Davis. Yes. They've so, had some great matches in the past. I, I mean, really. It's going to be good stuff. Can't wait for it. And what, be... what about dipping in? That was, by the way, segment number... I believe eight, and we're only halfway through that segment. So let's go into the senior race for eight as we analyze what's coming up here, the preview of Salt Lake City, which is May 17th through the 19th. And it's actually technically in Murray, Utah, but yeah, nobody can tell the difference. We're at the sports mall, and it's going to be one hell of a show. This is the Players' Championship, the biggest event of the year for the World Players of Handball. The senior 40-plus tour dudes, the old guys, it's been fun watching you. I mean, and you're getting a lot of press this year, more so than previous years, and maybe because there's a equaled rivalry. I think anytime so you've got kind of a consistent finals happening where, you know, it, it goes back and forth, I think that makes for a very exciting, you know, rivalry, something that fans anticipate and are excited to watch. Marcos Chavez, he seems to bring a different persona to the Players' Championship. He really wants to win that one. He's won three straight years, the Players' Championship. He's won five overall. He's only lost one time at the Players' Championship in the senior race freight. That was to Gavin Buggy, aided by a super fan. That super fan will not be there. So, I, you know, Marcos be very tough to beat there. I'll be aiming for my first senior race freight Players' Championship. Last year, we played one game to 25. I led 22 to 18, and Marcos ran the table seven straight points to win that match. He played really well. But your kryptonite is George Garcia Jr. He's also in the tournament. That's true. He's ranked number three, had a pretty good season this year. He's finished sixth and third so far this season. So he will likely match up against Marcos in that semifinal. But, you know, you've got some names in here now. Kevin Price, Chris Watkins. Chris Watkins. I mean, that, remember that match? Jim Carner now entered. Yeah. So that's I mean, good see, stuff. To me, I put all those guys kind of in the same tier. 
Chris, George Garcia, Carner, Carner, Price, Pete Papadimitrius. Yeah, I mean, to me, that's all. You know, all those matchups are very close. Fun to watch those matches. Absolutely, it's going to be good uh, for every bracket that we have. I mean, you could say, "Oh, Paul Brady's coming," so that's stealing some headlines. Martinez coming, so that's going to steal some headlines. Well, the fact that Marcos Chavez has been what three in a row that he's won. Yeah. Yet you're clearly the number one 40-year-old player on the planet. That brings its own little headline. For some reason, it's hmm. been difficult for you to get past him on that championship, though you're actually technically better than him. So that, there's something to circle there as well. And then, really, I love having this this Garcia, Carner, Chris Watkins, Papa Demetrius sort of mm-hmm. thing happening on the other right. side. because And Kevin Price. You can't yeah. tell which one of those guys no. is going to win any of those matches. Looking forward to all those matches. And we still have time. The actual deadline is, you know, around the corner. I mean, it's a good week or so away. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, that's awesome. Can't wait for the Players' Championship alongside Ace Disposal, Ace Outdoor Marketing, the Aces Cleanup Crew, as they call it there. These guys are a great community in Salt Lake City. Well, the Aces have welcomed the Race Freight eight consecutive years. They're the only city that has hosted the Race Freight in every season. They rolled out the red carpet for us, Dave, for the first time in 2008, and they haven't stopped. This is just an incredible group of handball supporters and ambassadors, and they're so generous. They want to make sure that everyone leaves that tournament having literally the best weekend of handball they've ever had. Yeah. I mean, it's really been awesome. And people talk about it for years, and and it's led to some pretty cool kind of marketing opportunities the guys here locally in tucson all going to mm-hmm. salt lake city because they've heard about this banquet and then the after party which is playing big ball and small ball out on the three wall court right which is outside usually typically there's snow patches on the ground still mm-hmm. doesn't matter no. these guys are there when the rooster crows in the next morning it's actually fun stuff the tournament is a blast and those that aren't making it sorry but you can watch it on espn3 All three days. Yeah, and the Watch ESPN app. It's going to be quite ambitious for the WPH film crew, but we will film it, and it will air on ESPN3 starting Friday afternoon, and it will conclude on Sunday. So that's uh, 17th, 18th, and 19th, oh, May 2019. Totally looking forward to it. Am I looking forward to it like I'm looking forward toward the birthdays? Probably not as much. I actually am. Oh, wow. I am looking at Salt Lake City more so than having to do the celebrity birthdays. But we will do it to close out the show, which is, I believe, segment number nine. Comes up next, episode 23 of the Dave and Dave Handball Sports Radio Cast. We'll continue next and then wrap up. Stick with us. Third and four. Looks into the nickel of San Francisco in the secondary. Hey, somebody has run out on the field. Some goofball in a hat. And a red shirt. Now he takes off the shirt. He's running down the middle by the 50. He's at the 30. He's bare-chested and banging his chest. Now he runs the opposite way. He runs at the 50. He runs at the 40. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. The 20. They're chasing him. They're not going to get him. Waving his arms, bare-chested. Somebody stop Look that out. man. Here comes the blue coat, Oh, Kevin. they got him. Here comes They're coming the blue from the left. Oh, and they tackle him at the 40-yard line. Oh. That was the most exciting thing to happen tonight. I tell you what, that was a great call on your part. Back to the Dave and Dave Handball Radio Sportscast on WPH Live TV, TuneIn Radio, and now iTunes. We're about ready to wrap this thing up, but we have celebrity birthdays to do, Dave, and I know this is one of your favorite segments of all time. Love it. Ivan Burgos 
the Canadian Super Wonder Boy, April 10th, celebrated his 18th, and we've been talking about him for what feels like 18 years now. But he just put another candle on his cake. So congratulations to him. Sean Linning turned 34 April 18th. Four days later, just like whatever Sean does, I'm going to try to do better. Alan Garner put 34 candles on his cake. I don't know. If, is Alan still technically retired? Is he still in it? I dispute that article, and I disputed it right away. But Alan has not entered anything. So I guess technically you could say the article is not wrong. He has not entered anything It's only since. wrong until he enters a tournament. Right. He keeps okay. threatening. I, I text with him all the time, and he wants to play. I just Isn't it odd that Sean Lenning and Alan Garner, four days apart when it comes to their birthdays, and really rivals, don't really like each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't say like, but you know, on the court, they just don't like each uh-huh. other. 34 years of age. Right. Remember when these guys were phenoms at 15? I love watching them play against each other. Some of our best matches yeah. ever. L-A-A-C. Right. I'm telling you, one of the best handball matches yeah. I've ever seen, if you can find that video. Today is the great Pete Tyson's birthday day. Mm. 82 years wow. young. That's a lot of candles. It's and you have to get it like a sport. fire extinguisher and put it on the table. Right. Before you light those candles, just in case something really bad happened. On Monday, David Sanchez celebrated a birthday. I'm talking about the second, the dad. Not, oh, not okay. the phenom. All not right. Lil Phenom. Right. But the 43-year-old father of the phenom. That okay. makes him like hierarchy in a weird way. Christian Luna, mm. he made the list. Wow. It's the first time that he's been on a list that wasn't a police report. 26 <laughs> years young for that dude, while Dalton Beal, one of our qualifiers, just got spanked 30 times. Well, Dalton Beal probably gets more press than anyone in handball combined. So, I mean, why not get the birthday press? Yeah, well, I mean, he, he deserves it. His birthday was on Monday. In May, as we turn the corner here, Sam Esser licks off 23 candles before doing the dishes. I don't know if you do that, but I take them out and lick every single one of them. Well, Esser is one of these guys that you just see his name almost every weekend in Dallas and Tallcorn, but you don't see him on the Race Freight Tour. Weird. I, I don't get it, but he drives 12 hours every Friday <laughs> to get the tournaments. He wins them. You know, he gets minimal press, and then... And then we never see him. Never. Well, he's, uh, he's 23. Okay. And then one of our buddies, who also not going to be in Salt Lake City, 49-year-old Dr. Dan Zimmett. What? May 13th, I believe, is his Not going to be in Salt Lake City, Not in. Not in. <laughs> Frustrating. Disappointing. Now, do you remember Susie Kaler? I do. And and now it's Suze Enzeroth? Yes. One well, of my favorites. She's going to be 29 in May. All right. Now, we might even have a radio show before, and we might even mention her again. Wow. So, I mean, she might get the double birthday She could. Yeah, she very well could. That's actually, I believe, like May 20th. That's something like that. Yes. Ryan Bowler. Mm -hmm. The Bulldog. He's going to be 33 on May 21st. Okay. From Canada. He's carried the Maple Leaf proudly for many years. Now, for the first time, he's not the highest ranked Canadian on the race parade. That's true. That honor goes to Michael Galton. And those two played for the Maple Leaf in Montana in the 17th place final. And it was Galton winning in overtime to earn that maple leaf. That's an awesome win. Well, he's going to be 33. He's from Canada. So here in America, that translates to 29. Okay. Uh, Jessica Claire Pachot, super fan. She is going to celebrate a birthday. I'm not going to say her age because that's one thing you can't I do. I knew you wouldn't. She's currently ranked number four on the super fan list. I know you knew that. Some would say, you know, after missing almost the entire season, she's... Yeah. 
she even slipped out of the top five. And she doesn't get the automatic invite now. No. She'll have to qualify. Taking a look at some of the celebrity birthdays as well that you wrote down. Tim McGraw, country singer, mm-hmm. married to Faith Hill. You know right. what I'm talking about. Indian outlaw, 52 years young. Yep. 47 for the actor Dwayne Johnson, a.k.a. The Rock. Are you a fan? Eh, yeah, I'd say that there's a little bing on my radar. I'm not you know, when positive. I see him in movies, I like it. Yeah. But then I don't think of myself as being a fan. I mean, I watched Baywatch. thought, yeah, it's pretty good. Not bad. Yeah. No, he's, yeah, there's a little ding there on that radar. But it's not in a good ding. It's a bad ding. Oh, bad That means one. that we're, we found the thing. <laughs> <laughs> we found the person that you don't like ding. But on in the movies, agree, that Kevin Hart film that he did. I mean, there's little. Central Intelligence? Yeah. It's Is that like, good? No. No. But what about the one where he's good? Is it the buildings are falling down? He's saving everyone. Yeah, I didn't watch that one. That was not so good. I didn't watch that one. Not a fan. Too much for me. Too much uh, realism. Mm. I don't need that much realism. This radio show, this is where I keep it real. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Jerry Seinfeld, one of your, like, you know, one of your idols. Fan. Yeah. Okay. Sixty-five years young yesterday, Mm. which explains his new joke. What's the deal with all these kids on my lawn? 65. Hmm. And that's your birthdays. Is that also the end of the show? Yes. Oh, my gosh. What a great way to end it. You know who also celebrated a birthday? Just dawned on me. Earth. It was Earth Day just, uh, what, 10 days ago or hmm. so. I didn't, even, didn't know it was happening. You didn't? No. Oh, my gosh. You need to connect a little bit I better. Do. Jack Nicholson actually had a birthday on Earth Day. So he turned 82 when Earth turned, like, what, four point. You know, six billion years old. You know, Earth and Jack are a lot alike. How so? Well, it's funny you ask. One is round. It's a round object with a mysterious history of abuse, and I doubt we could even save it. Meanwhile, the other one is just Earth. (laughs) Okay, the show's over. I'll see you in Salt Lake. Can't wait. All right. Segment 23 is in the books. Clamp. Dave and Dave Sports Radio Cast입니다. Tune in Radio와 이제 iTunes에 즐길 수 있습니다.